Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. From Mamma Mia, welcome to Help! I have a teenager, or hi-hat as we sometimes call it. It's the podcast that's here to answer all of your questions about the new teenage. My name is Dr Ginny Mansberg. I'm a GP, I'm an author and I'm a mum with six kids in a blended family. And my name is Jo Lamble. I'm a mum of two adult children, a clinical psychologist and an author. And today we've got a question from one of our listeners that we're going to call Susie. What a question. And it's a long one, bear with us, but it's an amazing question. Firstly, says Susie, I love this podcast. Thanks, Thanks, Susie. Susie. (laughs) I wish each episode was longer and in more depth. Secondly, I have never written into any podcast. Wow, congrats. And thirdly, I have four teenagers in our blended family, two mine, two his, plus an eight-year-old we share. Okay, you're busy. Having said that, I am the primary carer for all five. I treat them all like I gave birth to them and I'm a stay-at-home mum, but that story is for another day. Okay, Susie, we love you already. However, the help I need is navigating the following. Strap yourselves in, guys. This is amazing. My eldest son, who's 15, is friends with Sam. Now, we've changed the name to protect privacy. Sam identifies as male but is biologically female. Sam intends to take hormones next year to fully transition to male. Sam has told my son he's interested in a relationship and cares about my son. My son is desperate to be in a relationship and in fact asked a girl out a few weeks ago. However, she just wanted to remain friends. And isn't that wonderful that, you know, Susie's son is telling her that he wants to be in a relationship and asked a girl out? We love you, Susie, as I said. (laughs) Now, Susie says, when my son told me he had feelings for Sam and wanted to perhaps go out with him, but he's not gay, I had the following conversation. Given that Sam is still biologically female, that is what you might be attracted to when Sam transitions, you may not feel the same way about Sam and that might not be fair to either of you a great point. I wouldn't have even thought of that. Sam has a long road ahead and perhaps Sam needs a good friend. If you still feel the same after transition, then revisit it then. My son is an empath, just like me. Wow. Tell us again about that. (laughs) So I went on to explain that he may be feeling empathy towards Sam, not love. It was a bloody difficult conversation. Oh, must have been. My son was so good about it and agreed that I was probably right. He's spoken to Sam and he's agreed that it's the best for now. 
I'm Gen X and I'm trying my best to navigate this gender fluid, love the person generation with respect and love. Please assure me that I'm on the right track. Oh, wow, Susie, as you say, bloody difficult, but bloody brilliant. Can we bottle you? Yeah, exactly. Empathic, supportive, non-judgmental and just amazingly good advice. Great advice and clearly your son thinks so too because these are really difficult questions and you're the one he's turned to and I'm guessing he's not having these conversations with a lot of people because they're tough. And how amazing is Sam? The fact that Susie's son could speak to him and say all of this that his mum talked to him about and Sam agreed and and they're just having these really mature conversations about such difficult things for 15-year-olds. Wow. So Susie's brought up a lot. And I think, you know, when it comes to how to talk to your kids, now that don't need any help from us. You're brilliant. But there's a lot to talk about. And I think you're right about the gender fluid, love the person generation that we Gen Xers are trying to get our heads around because it didn't really happen that much when we were at school. Well, let's say it probably did, but nobody was brave enough to talk about it or act on it. And there were lots of unhappy kids out there. So What do we know that I guess we didn't know when we were in our 20s, Joe? From my perspective, psychologically, what we do know is the high rates of mental health issue and depression in this group. So they just need so much of our support and they deserve for us to educate ourselves. And so we really do need to find out what's going on and how to support people because we are so worried about this population. There are a lot of understandable ignorance around this subject, thinking it's a stage or thinking it's just somebody being a bit eccentric. But that's not going to be helpful because they're going to feel dismissed and not understood. I had a grandmother in the other day, a beautiful woman and who loves her children, loves her grandchildren, but has just found out that her grandson now is identifying as a female. And the parents had said, so grandma, grandpa, so you need to refer now to him as her and you need to say she and the name. And the grandmother said to me, but we don't do we? We don't have to. We're the grandparents. So we can still love our grandchild the way we always have. And I know, and this beautiful woman, but she was quite shocked when I said, no, no, you can't. (laughs) You don't get to decide the gender of your grandchildren. They get to decide it for themselves. Yes, yes. She was so shocked but so open to the discussion thinking, why? And hearing about it, I could direct her to some research information. And then she said, can I bring my husband in so he can hear this? Because we were sure you were going to say, no, that's fine as grandparents. You can decide and leave that to the parents. So, I mean, that's another generation, but again, a lot of love and support, but not understanding. This has happened inside my own family. So I have a first cousin who now has three daughters, but she initially had two daughters and a son. And it was really hard for her, even though she's the most open-minded, like, honestly, you're not going to find anybody more intelligent, kind empathetic, open-minded, but she was worried for her daughter, worried whether she was just making this decision because she was depressed. She had been depressed for a very long time and it was hard for her to get her head around the idea that it was actually the gender fluidity and feeling trapped in the wrong gender that had caused her daughter so much pain. Transitioning didn't solve everything in terms of her mental health, but she's in a much better place now. And I just watched it happening really inside my own tent and watched this beautiful woman 
turning into the person she was meant to be. And it taught me a lot because whatever I read in studies, it's a very different thing to know somebody and to watch it happening and to live that journey with that person. And my heart breaks for people who feel like they loathe their bodies. Mm -hmm. They look at their genitals, whether it's a penis or breasts, and it actually makes them loathe themselves. And this is happening a lot now. And where I want to reassure parents whose children are starting to have this discussion is chill out a little bit. You don't need to be the one making this decision. You will be surrounded by experts who have done this a lot. If the experts think that this is just a phase, they will help you. They will also help you come to terms with what's happening in your child if this is really where your child's destiny is. Get all the support that you need because it can be so tough for parents. That's right. And there is help out there, as you said. There's the experts. There's also wonderful resources like Reach Out. They actually have some scripts for how to have these conversations with your child. And it's worth reading just in case because how you have that conversation with your child, if they do come to you and say that they are gender diverse, it's really important. Because if you dismiss them or scoff at them or, or not believe them, then you're both going to be suffering a lot more. Having said that, Ginny, I mean, I will go into just how to have that conversation, some tips, but if you do muck it up, there is time to repair. If you do at first just dismiss and say, oh, don't be ridiculous and didn't happen in my day, please, it's fine to go back and say, I am so sorry. I completely stuffed that up. I, have, I love that, Joe. Yeah. Because I think we, as parents of teenagers, this is our profession. Stuffing <laughs> up this conversation is kind of what we do for a living. <laughs> we will do it at least on a weekly basis if you're doing super well. I'm sure even Susie stuffs it up occasionally, even though she's <laughs> even might be Susie. Up. I don't know about Susie. <laughs> but um, I think it's just such a great point if you want to keep your teenagers close and safe and connected with us. We've got to be prepared to have yeah. those difficult conversations in which we go, oh, wow, that was a real stuff up. I'm so sorry. Yeah, and especially if you come back and say, listen, I've been researching this. I've got more understanding. I'm now more prepared to have this conversation. So can you give me another chance? And when you do talk to them, I mean, the first thing is to, even if it's your child talking about a friend who may be transitioning or wanting to transition or your own child, you want to thank them for telling you. Yes. That's, that's the main thing, saying, oh, my gosh, because it is. It's such a privilege that your child feels comfortable enough with you to tell you. So thank them for telling you and tell them that you can hear anything. And inside you might be absolutely doing your stomach doing backflips, but you want to show them I can hear anything. I can sit with your discomfort, your pain. I am here for you. And you won't be judged. And you'll keep their confidence because yes. I think that what's really important for kids is that if they tell you, don't iterate it, just assume everything your teenagers tell you is in the vault. Because if you break that trust once, it's super hard to get back. So you might be dying to tell your best friend or your sister or your girlfriend, psychologist comes in handy there or your GP because they have to keep it in the yes. vault by law. But, yes. you know, it's really important that you keep their confidence until they're ready. You know what I find really interesting about this conversation, Joe, is we used to really worry about how to have the conversation with the other school kids because they were going to get bullied and teased. 
I just find the kids just take to it like oh. a duck to water. They don't even care. You're in a boy's uniform now and you're going to the boy's toilet. Yeah, it's fine. No worries. It's the parents that we have to talk to. Yeah. It's grandma. It's your friends. It's your siblings that are the ones that we need to nuance that conversation with. So you said you had tips. I really need these tips. <laughs> Tell us. Well, what's really great about what you're saying is this is another example where our kids can teach us. Oh, yeah. This is the other thing to just have around the dinner table. Discussions on gender diversity is a really good thing to have at a mealtime because, as I said, your teens can teach you because they are highly likely to know of people and be able to tell you stories about what's going on at school and within their friendship group and they can teach you. And again, your response to that is really important and your main response is, and the main tip I have for anyone, and Susie's obviously following it, is tell me more. If you follow that sort of advice as in I'm here to listen to what you have to say rather than can you be quiet and let me tell you what I think and what happened. (laughs) Because (laughs) I think a lot of parents, because the way we were parented was that our parents stood on a podium or a pedestal (laughs) and just talked at us. (laughs) And they had the knowledge and we knew nothing. And we were the children at the feet of the guru (laughs) and we had nothing to contribute and we were told to, you know, be seen and not heard as children. It's a very different era now. And so I think we need to avoid that temptation to the minute our child discloses, you know, three sentences, we're off on a soliloquy talking about, oh, in my day. That's right. That's right. And to admit, admit that this is all new to you. Don't feel afraid to think, okay, I've got to pretend that I'm, you know, woke and I know exactly what you're talking about. They respect you more if you say, wow, okay, this is all new to me. Tell me more. That enables that discussion to have, they're going to have more respect for you. And again, we're already doing this. I mean, we do this in the technology field. We're already turning to them to say, help, teach me. (laughs) What do I fix my iPhone? (laughs) That's right. right. So I think our generation and younger generations are already turning to our teens to educate us. And this is one area where they do know more. So yes, the main tips is definitely saying, tell me more, not judging them and asking them again, how it impacts them, not assuming, because sometimes they can be telling us something and they're quite excited about it. And if we go in with, oh, my gosh, that's terrible and how horrible, and they're saying, no, no, this this is good now because my friend is, this is why they've been struggling and this is why it's going to be okay now. We need to mirror that. Whereas if we're all doom and gloom about it, again, it's not going to match. So we're finding out all the time in the tell me more, we're saying, okay, how does this impact you? What are you finding hardest? Who are your supports? Who else are your supports? And can I just go back to what you were saying before, Ginny, about keeping in the vault? One thing I have found hard with parents is when a teen comes to one parent and tells them something so significant Mm. like this and then says, please don't tell mum or dad. That is really hard because here you are saying, okay, but your father or mother wants to support you, wants to know and will be. And they're saying, no, 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 no. That's something, again, you don't want to go behind their back, but you want to... Be great to to get them on board for you to tell the other parent. Exactly. And you can be honest and say... I guess there's a lot for me to process here because, you know, I I guess I knew there was something, I just didn't know what it was. I feel like it would be really helpful for me to have dad on board to support me. Would that be okay with you? Maybe not today or tomorrow, but is it okay if 
by the weekend. I feel like I'm carrying around a big secret and it's not great for marriages or That's whatever it is. Just be honest about why you want the other person in the tent. That's right. And ask your teen how they would like the other parent to be told. Do yes. they do they want to tell them or would they great rather you advice. do or do you want to do it together? What would help, you know? So I think that, as you say, to get their buy-in because otherwise it is going to impact your relationship. The other parent could just be absolutely devastated when they find out something that you knew and they didn't that concerned their child too. And again, the same thing in a situation where you're no longer living with the other parent, that can be a very common situation Mm. too when they're saying, please don't tell the other household. But again, that's really hard for the other parent. One thing I do want to come back to because I'm a doctor at the end of the day is research. And where we are today is in a very, very different place to where we were, let's say, 20 years ago when many of us first embarked on our parenting journeys. And before there used to be gut feelings about issues around gender fluidity, now the research is absolutely conclusive that the children who come to us and say, I don't feel like I am the gender that I was assigned at birth, and who need our support to transition to help them be the people that they are inside, that they do better when they go on that journey. They do better emotionally, they do better physically. And we have multiple studies now that show that. So for any parent out there who is worried that their children embarking on this journey will do irreparable damage to their bodies, which they will subsequently regret, we don't have evidence that that is the case. And I want to reassure parents that because that certainly would have been something that I would have been very concerned about maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but the data is super reassuring there. I also want to reassure parents that there's no surgery on day one. The first thing that happens is hormone therapy and the hormone therapy is not irreversible. So when girls are transitioning to be the men that they feel that they are inside, there may be a little bit of permanent hair loss from the head and some voice changes that are a little bit permanent, but they're not disastrous. Everything else is completely reversible. And you have to go through the hormone stage for quite a while before anyone takes a knife to any body part. And I just want to reassure parents of that because I think there's this stereotype that you come out as trans Next month, something's lopped off and you don't get to have it back again. That is absolutely not what happens. And is is there an age that you have to be before you're allowed to start hormone therapy? No, and I think putting hard and fast rules about it is where we get ourselves into trouble. There are children who are transitioning into puberty, and that does happen at different ages for different children, where the act of going through puberty and becoming the gender that they just feel is so wrong for them is so distressing for them that we might get some urgency around that. And then there are some others where they only work out what's going on once that is all in the rearview mirror. So no, I think work with the professionals to talk through with your child what their needs are. You as a parent do not need to control this journey. We as parents don't have the knowledge. I as a GP don't have the knowledge. But I just want to support children who are miserable. These kids have a high suicide rate. They have a high Mm. rate of serious mental health disorders, not with the gendered fluidity being part of that. It is a big cause for them of extreme distress. We need to be empathetic to these children and help them. And 
let the experts guide you here. You don't need to run this show. Yeah, wonderful advice, Ginny. And just remember, though, that you get that advice, you get that support, but it doesn't mean that you yourself as a parent are not going to find it really difficult. You thought you had this daughter or this son and they are now going to be of a different gender and it is okay. It is okay to feel confused, to feel desperately sad. That is okay. Again, you don't want your child to support you through that. That is what you need to find your own support through, through a partner or trusted friends if your child is okay with that, but definitely through professional help. As I said, there's so much support out there. Don't be afraid to use it. Don't think that you are less than because you are struggling with something even while at the same time you're supporting your child. A hundred percent, because even the most open-minded, kind, empathetic parents are going to grieve for the child that they raised and was on their breast or they held in their arms and they adored as a toddler. That little one is now a different little one. It's still your child and you'll get there, but give yourself some time and some space. Yeah. For Susie, nothing to add. No. Tick, tick, tick. Let's all just follow Susie. Do you want to host a podcast, Susie? Come and talk to us. Well, that's all we've got time for this week. If you have a question, email us at podcast at mamamia.com.au. And if you like this show, please share it with your friends and tell people about it. I'm Jo Lamble. I'm Ginny Mansberg, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>